God of wisdom, by your spirit, may your word be proclaimed so that we may know good news in our hearts and minds and bear witness to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ in word and in deed. Now quiet in us any voice but yours so that we may hear your word to us today. Amen. Our scripture reading from Luke is a pivot point in the this gospel. It marks the beginning of Luke's special section, sometimes called the travel narrative. Today and in weeks to come, we will consider passages from that section that runs from the 51st verse of the ninth chapter on through the next 10 chapters or so. But first, consider what happened before. Earlier, Jesus had been preaching and teaching in Galilee. The pivot point begins the journey to Jerusalem and to the cross. The scholar, author, and now seminary president David Lowe points out that in chapter 8 and the beginning of chapter 9, Jesus has calmed the storm, cast out demons, healed an ailing woman, restored a girl to life, and fed the multitude. In short, he's been overturning the powers that oppress humanity in all forms. All of this is followed by Peter's confession that Jesus is the Messiah, the transfiguration, and several more miracles. And then begins Jesus' journey to Jerusalem and to the cross. Listen now for the word of God. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. O oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Well, this passage from Luke describes two stories. First, about rejection by a village, and then second, a three-part excuse story about two volunteers and a draftee. But first... Do you remember back in the day before every news show on television used that phrase? But first, to tease you, to taunt you, 
to tantalize you, to frustrate you. Tim Russert was the host of NBC's Meet the Press for years, and he was the first person I noticed who would start every show by telling you about some person or topic really interesting that would be on his show, and then every time say, but first, well, now you hear that phrase on local and national news shows and the late night shows, those guys who used to only say, but first in the context, these commercial messages. <laughs> now they say it all the time. We'll talk about how, but first is used by the draftee and two volunteers and the verses we read from Luke. But first, let's consider the rejecting village. Jesus had set his face toward Jerusalem and the shortest route was right through Samaria. The Samaritans and the Jews had long-standing differences and neither group cared much for the other. So after that Samaritan village rejected Jesus, James and John were ready to break out the napalm, saying, Lord, you want us to command fire to come down on heaven from heaven and consume them? Whoa, you may think, where'd that come from? Well, there are some precedents in the Old Testament. In the first chapter of 2 Kings, King Ahaziah had sent a company of 50 soldiers and their captain to, to get Elijah. And the prophet had called down fire on them, and the king sent another 50 and another captain. And the king, And again, Elijah called down fire on them. And so you know the king sent a third company, and, and that guy negotiated a better deal to where he allied with the prophet. He learned from history. Well, remember just a few verses earlier in chapter 9, Luke had described the transfiguration, that is a mountaintop experience that these same two disciples, James and John, they had just had that experience with Jesus and Moses and Elijah. But Jesus did not respond to rejection with fire. He spoke sternly to them and they moved on. In fact, back at the very beginning of this same ninth chapter of Luke, when Jesus sent the twelve out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal, he told them how to deal with rejection. Whenever they do not welcome you as you are leaving the town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. We'll talk about what that might mean for us, but first, consider the two volunteers and the draftee who responded to Jesus not with Samaritan rejection, but with an excuse, a, a but first. Luke tells us that the first person said to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. We don't really know how he responded, but what we know, what he did later, we know, what we know is that Jesus said to him, foxes have old, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, Jesus told that volunteer, you understand I'm homeless, dependent on the kindness of strangers with the implication that follow me and you will be too. Then consider the draftee. To another he said, Jesus told him, follow me and that draftee. He was good with that except he had a but first, let me go bury my father. And Jesus said, well, you know, family's real important, so you excused, right? 
No. Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. And I have read that nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does Jesus say, it's me or Satan, me or the devil. That's the choice you got. Following Jesus involves hard choices, sometimes choices between following Jesus and other good things, like family responsibilities. So what is your first love? The third person encountered on the road is another volunteer with a but first. This one said, I will follow you, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. So Jesus said, oh, okay, right, go right ahead, hug and kiss everybody at your house, son. Hurry on back, right? No. Jesus said to him, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back. No one who does that is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, Luke does not tell us how the two volunteers or the draftee, how they responded to Jesus telling them that discipleship on the way to Jerusalem would mean homelessness, would mean choosing family duty, him over family duties, and would involve single-minded commitment with no looking back. We don't know what they did, but that's not really what's important now. What is important is what will you and I do. If you've decided to be a disciple of Jesus, you believe that he's the Son of God, the Messiah, and you follow his commandment to spread the good news of the gospel. The first part of our passage from Luke tells us that it is not our place to do the condemning. Much as we'd like to sometimes, that's not our job. Condemning is above our pay grade. It's not for us to call down fire on those who reject the message. And the second part of these verses tell us that discipleship is not easy. It's not comfortable. It's costly. Discipleship involves hard choices. Following Jesus Christ is not something we get to put off not something we do when it kind of fits in our schedule, but our first priority. When we talk about discipleship, never say, but first. And do you know why but first is such a frustrating phrase to hear? Well, basically it blocks the goal. By definition, if you said, come up with an operational definition of frustration, if you block a goal, you're ready to go out the door and it's locked and you can't get it open. You're frustrated. That's, a, that's by definition frustration, blocking a goal. But first says, wait. But Jesus says no to waiting, no to later. Jesus calls us to follow him right here, right now. We don't know how the two volunteers or the draftee responded. But the real question is, how do you and I respond now in our lives? Thanks be to God. The eternal creator calls us. The risen savior sends us. The dynamic spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers us. So go into the world and make disciples for Jesus Christ. 
Now may grace, peace, and love, the triune blessings of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>